0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Scotland are two games away from the Euros After beating Israel to top the Nations League group Celtic will consider refusing a ticket allocation For the upcoming trip to Ibrox And Terry Butcher doesn't think Rangers can beat the hoops this season And should focus longer term I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi Yep and the Tartan Army will still be wanting to talk about The hat-trick hero James Forrest And that brilliant result against Israel last night And as you said Gordon, we are on the verge of our first major finals in 22 years And also, the SPFL Premiership is back on Saturday And some cracking games to look forward to Plenty happening, Jim Duffy One week ago we sat in this studio Mulling over all the withdrawals And where we were as a nation And I'm not saying it's all good But it's certainly looking a lot better Yeah, but I think we always thought We had a good midfield And, um, you know, the the, the the thing that surprised everyone scored seven goals in two games. We, we thought we're not having a natural uh, number one striker, but to be fair to Stephen Fletcher, they come in, he, he did a really good job just leading the line, and it was allowed um, that midfield support from the two wide guys and the, the the central midfield players to go and perform at a very high level. And listen, all credit to the players and to the manager. I mean, uh, he was getting plenty of stick uh, after the the Israel game. Um, so he deserves plenty of credit now For uh, managing to turn that around 0141 That's the number you need You can tweet us At Clyde SSB Very simple tonight What did you make of last night? Uh, who impressed you? Perhaps someone didn't impress you You can let us know about that as well And what about what lies ahead for Scotland? How confident are you That the team can make the Euros in 2020? Give us a call 0141 951 uh, And we will talk club football If you so wish as well Alright so here's what happens next then Pretty Sit back It should be done by 8 o'clock uh, The Nations League essentially Is put to bed For a bit We've won our group And we will be promoted Scotland promoted That sounds good uh, To League B The next time the Nations League Is played So the draw for the so-called Normal Euro qualifiers Takes place on December the 2nd We will now be in pot 3 And that campaign Will run from March to November next year 2019 Now it goes without saying Hopefully we do the simple thing We finish in the top two And we go straight into the Euros But if not This is where we fall back On the Nations League We will play Finland Assuming they or we Haven't qualified By the conventional route In a one-legged playoff At Hamden Win that And again We're likely To play the likes of Norway or Serbia For a place At Euro 2020 If you want to forget All of that And ignore everything I've just said Here's the important bit We're two games away From the Euros Jim Yeah and uh, Can I just clarify here <laughs> Just to make sure you're right. So Norway Norway's a one-off If we play Right It's right Finland uh-huh. Is a one-off uh-huh. Right So just one game And it's at Hamden Right And then the other Game after that Still a one-off just, But where would that be Would that be home That's still to be decided Still to be decided So yeah. it's just a one So we could be away to Serbia mm-hmm. Or could be away to Norway Or at home or home But it's just, just the one Just the one Two the one, one-legged one playoffs Okay, so two now, games. okay. Was, was that Because I thought What is this When, when this started Well no but see, when, see when this whole Nation league thing started, I knew with a playoff If you finished the group With a playoff two, But I thought it was A, a home and away One country yeah. Home and away So I didn't yeah. realise yeah. That we're actually It's two so there Two we games go. You know, uh, So uh, that's uh, That's the, interesting you, Listen You've got to fancy Your chances of beating Finland At Hamden yeah. But as you say Ten groups 
when the draws made in December yeah. the second in Dublin, top two from every group. So do it's, it that way, through. and you're, you're yeah, straight through. Why not? And then, of course, uh, we really are getting ahead of ourselves. Say Norway and Serbia make it via the conventional route, then it would it would be a in theory yeah. slightly team. weaker team that, that you yeah. would play yeah. in the playoffs. So there we Listen, have it. We, we, we <laughs> there's no lesser team to us. That, that, that <laughs> is know, that is true. We, we we'd probably better playing the toughest team you can probably have. Uh, listen, you know we're backs were against the wall. Uh, but we went out there and had two fantastic performances with the same team. It, well, obviously, there was a lot of debate about the three-five-two formation. Obviously, we went kind of we can almost like a four-three-three mm-hmm. in the last couple of games. So, again, as I said to you, all credit to the manager. He could have stuck by his his guns and said, "No, this is the way we are going." But he didn't. He changed it with the players he had. He looked at the players, got the best system, and the best formation, and the players thrived with it. Yeah, let's hear from Alex McLeish. He says the 3-2 win against Israel felt like the perfect performance. Uh, the Dark Blues are now just two games away, like we say, from the first major finals in over 20 years. And McLeish says it was a huge team effort. Tonight, actually, I was quite calm. felt really strong about the team uh, going into this game and the way that they, they played to a high intensity against Albania. We'll, we'll obviously get a wee bit of help with the sending off. And we... we Played that extremely professionally. To keep that high intensity tonight was um, was, a, was a wee bit of a task because of uh, the players playing uh, not that long ago and the same team going in again. So you see some of them flagging, and in Israel had a couple of days rest more than us. But I've got to say that I'm so proud of the guys, and we we answered a lot of questions. It wasn't a perfect performance, I'm sure you accept. But do you believe this can be the first step on? Feels the perfect. Road? Feels perfect to me because uh, the goal was to win, and uh, we done that. So we know that we will look at the video and we we will look to improve things. But again, the, the lads played to a very high level of quality as well as intensity. But there's more, yeah. There's more. Well, now they have evidence of what they've done. We showed Israel how we can really play. Uh, so they, they, again, tremendous credit. Again, it shows that the players were really up for it, passionate about the whole thing. So, so pleased for them. You know, I was. It was great to join in the celebrations at the end and applaud the fans because they 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 gave us some great support. And even even when uh, it was the hairy moments at the end, they were still behind us. Let's hear from you 0141-951-1025 Twitter is at Clyde SSB. George is in Bears Den. How do you look back on last night, George? Um, overall, it was a very, very, very good performance, um, uh, especially um, when we went 1-0 down early on. Um, there, I mean, uh, how we responded to that was uh, pretty good because in years gone by, when, uh, we've got, when we've had key games like that before, when there's a lot at stake and we, uh, we go 1-0 down, we don't... We, have a history of not recovering uh, from that setback, but last night was really, really good. Um, I've, uh, I know the two goals were, uh, well, the first one uh, that we lost, uh, the, one of the defenders or midfielders could have came out to kind of uh, block the shot off, but uh, uh, James Forrest, what a player, man. You know, he's coming into the form of his life. Um, uh uh, and uh, how they responded uh, to go from 1-0 down to winning the game 3-2. I mean, credit to them when they knew what was at stake. So, 
hats off to McLeishan Cole, especially with a depleted squad. And that's what I was going to ask about. You know, given that uh, with the Albania game and given with the Israel game that uh, we've got maximum points from, should McLeish give the current group that have been put together, you know, a decent run in the next round of games? Mm. Or do we start bringing back players who are coming back from injury now the likes of your sitters your McGinn's and whatnot. Good question let's see what the guys think of it the frustrating thing is that we don't we don't need to worry about it until March I would almost yeah. prefer if this playoff was next week it just feels like yeah. we've got a, a, a bit of momentum but um, it, it clearly is going to be an interesting question because this wasn't the, the original squad but my word they ended up working out quite well it did and, and what was what was the key to it players on form players playing regular Football. Look at your starting eleven in both games. It was the same start eleven in both games. Every one of them, unless I'm mistaken. It may, it may be Armstrong. I know he played okay, recently. Armstrong, sort yeah. of in and Apart out, from yeah. that, um, regular football. But and, and that's what it comes down to. Um, I think international football. Yeah, you've you're tried and tested, but we don't know, George. It's five months away. Loss of form, injuries, whatever. But certainly, um, if you to say to Alec McLeish now, will you take that? Would you take that starting eleven? For your first uh, game in March for the Euro qualifications proper, I'm sure he would say yes, and quite rightly so. Yeah, I think there'll be a number of players who won't get back in now, uh, you know, regardless, because the squad has increased and the young players that have come in have have put down a marker. So I think even like Sir James McFadden had said, you know, if you if you take a step away, you know, it doesn't guarantee you getting in. So I think uh, you know the manager has obviously asked these players, um, you know, to produce the performance and get the results. They've managed that. So yeah, like Mark says, there's a lot of things that can happen. But if everybody's fit and playing as as the as they they have been doing, then yeah, it will add in. Like a Tierney McGinn shooter probably again, but um, again they're young players. And they will enhance the energy of the squad They will enhance the enthusiasm and the quality And um, other than perhaps uh, You know, one or two positional players Then, no, I I don't see a lot of the other guys getting back in I really don't George? Yeah, I I, I take what you mean I'm just going to finish with this Um, uh, You mentioned uh, on-form players And I was looking on the bench um, When Stephen Fletcher uh, well, uh, Stephen Fletcher wanted to ask about because I, I was looking on the bench and he had the likes of Johnny Russell, who's been on form. Uh, I think he's playing across the pond. Yeah, Kansas. In Kansas, and he's in the form of his life. So when Fletcher, when Fletcher was substituted, I was thinking, oh, I hope they bring in uh, bring on Johnny Russell because he he can really you know tighten the game up. And you know, sort of seal it for us. Um, I'm surprised that he didn't come on and said Matt Phillips did. But again, I, I don't know how on for Matt Phillips has been. But I know Johnny Russell's been on fire of late, and the same with young John Fleck. You know, I, I really hope these two players that I've mentioned do get a decent run because, as you've alluded to, young players with fire they can learn quickly. That's what we've been crying out for. And there's one other player I'd like to see come back into the full 20s recovered from injury, and that would be Ross McCrory, because up until his injury, he was doing... I think he's been playing with the the 21s, George, so maybe maybe in in time uh, we will see on that one. Thank you to George in Bears Den. Remember, we are on Twitter at Clyde SSB. 
Uh, we've got a few thoughts coming in John Michael Vanney says Scotland will qualify But we'll do it the hardest way possible We don't go the easy routes And Roscoe says Some have said McLeish Stumbled upon success However credit must be given For the decision to bring in Fletcher Who performed very well A decision that many of us Didn't agree with And, and that That is that's true, isn't it? Because yeah, although well. although Naismith and Griffiths were out still last week, people were saying it needs to be Patterson, it needs mm. to be McBurney, and mm. not some people were saying Fletcher, but not yeah. everyone. And you cannot argue with his contribution, can you? Over the two no, games, I think he looked at the way he wanted to play. I mean, I thought he might have played McBurney, but what he wanted was a target man striker. McBurney's not that type of player, but he's maybe more of a goal threat. But he wanted it because he had the two wide guys in Forrest and Fraser either side of him. And the likes of Christie supporting and Armstrong supporting at times. So therefore, he, you know, he knew that he wanted you know someone to hold the ball up, someone to experience, someone who could pull, defend. Even in the goals that um, James Forrest scored, which were magnificent, you know, the movement of, of Fletcher was maybe goes a bit unnoticed. He was pulling defenders away towards the back post, which created space for, for Forrest. And the Forrest has got to be clever enough, good enough uh, to take advantage of that, which he is. But a, a different type of player might not have done that. So no, I'll credit because I, for one, didn't think he was he was maybe good enough to go and play at that level again. But he he, he proved everybody, uh, the manager, right and everybody else wrong. Jamie's in bar heads. What did you make of it, Jamie? I was quite impressed over the last over the two games that um, from what I seen of Scotland. I mean, to be fair, but one of these fans that was kind of a wee bit worried about Scotland going forward. Um, but. The last two games, Albania and Israel especially, I think middle to front, the guys have performed brilliant. Um, I support Celtic and I'm not going to make any bones about it. James Forrest played out his skin, but there is other positives. The likes of, like your man was saying on Twitter there about Stephen Fletcher, maybe not everybody's surprise, cho- not everybody's choice, but do you know what? He did the job and he, I don't think, as I said to the producer, I don't think he can do it himself, but I think he needs somebody up there on his own. And my point, my main point would be for Mark. How you doing, Mark? Hi, Jamie. Hiya. Um, would, see, the over the last two games, do you think Scotland should have comfortably have beat these guys, like, hands down, home and away? Um, and I don't want to bring anybody down off a pedestal, but I think Scotland should have been beating these teams comfortably, like what they did, or, you know, Albania, Israel, but we did, we did lose some net, some momentum versus Israel and maybe even Albania at home. It was kind of a, a stodgy performance. I don't know what you if you, if you agree or disagree. Or well, all I would say is, Jamie, that when the draw was made, I expected Scotland to, to win the group and they should be winning the group with all respect to Israel and Albania. Um, I think we could see that, the evidence over the four games. They won three games, they lost one, nine points out of 12. Good enough. Happy with that Should they be hammering them And, and, and cruising No Scotland are not good enough to, to to do that But yeah They had to win the game Had they not Won that section last night I think you'd have been Looking at Alec McLeish Losing his job Because I, I think You would see the numbers Have been dwindling In terms of supporters Hopefully we can get them back But the supporters Would have Almost forced that decision On the SFA For to be a change of manager But I'm delighted for Alec And his backroom staff and his players that they got the results and, and hopefully they can kick on Jimmy If what Mark says is true Jim That shows you the the, the fine margins of, of being a football manager You don't need me to tell you mm. about them But 
people were looking at those couple of games and saying that you know pretty much his, his future depended on topping the group or not. Yeah, but that's the thing about uh, campaigns. It's a campaign. It's not one game. It's not a knockout mm. game. You know, if you've got one game, you get beat, and you've you know you've got to qu- try and qualify. Then f- you know if that's if that's the remit you've got, then you understand it. But you know we are very quick to judge. Um, everybody knows that. And everyone, you know, more or less decided that Alan McLeish wasn't the man for the job and, and get him out uh, after a couple of games. And that's that's the, the nature of um, supporters. But, um, you know, fair, I think his experience was vital because he didn't panic. You know, with all the call-offs, I mean, Jamie's saying there about, you know, various situations, um, should we beating these teams comfortably? No, we shouldn't. Why should we? Albania beat Wales 1-0 last night. So, you know, the... Even though it's a friendly These teams are difficult They're organised They've got some good players um, And I think to get 9 points from 12 As, as Mark yeah. has said is, is a good return I mean if it, You're really only looking at one other point If you were really being greedy You might have thought a draw away Israel Take 10 points That would have been us being really greedy But 9 Finishing top of it Listen yeah. don't look at Ed Nels We're in the playoffs We've got a great chance uh, Of going there And uh, you know Managers and and, and uh, you know people got enough sticks. So let let's you know let's give due praise um, to Alec McLeish and his team. Uh, Burnsy's on Twitter. He says great result, but I don't think we should get carried away. It was Israel and Albania. We beat ranked sixty two and ninety in the world rankings. I'm what, not sure what, who's what who's getting carried away, but there we go. <laughs> anyway, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Plenty of good performances on the night. James Forrest, obviously one of them, and we will hear from him after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Give us a call or you can tweet at Clyde SSB. I think I'm going to introduce a new rule on Twitter tonight, though, because for so many people tweeting saying, can't believe we're getting carried away. If you're going to say that, you're going to need to give an example of someone who's actually getting carried away because I've not heard any yet. So you can't just say, don't get carried away. There we go. 0141 951 1025 on the phones. Let's hear from James Forrest. I don't think it's much uh, secret that he was one of the main men last night. Got the match ball, a hat trick, and he says he's in the form of his life. It's five goals in the last two games for the winger, and he admits it was an unbelievable night. Yeah, no, I'm just uh, just enjoying every game and like playing in big games like for club and country and just want to keep doing well and working hard and uh, yeah, just just want to just want to keep going. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it, it helps uh, with, with the players and playing playing with uh, creating chances. Yeah, but the last couple of games we've created a lot of chances and yeah, like scoring the goals and that as well. It's it's been really good and as I said, like yeah, confidence is high and just want to keep going. It's unbelievable and as I said, like the last couple of games, getting getting two wins, getting getting results and topping the group. I think everyone's. Everyone's delighted, everyone's buzzing and uh, we, can, we can look forward now. Is this the best football you've played in your own career, James? Yeah, definitely. I think since the manager came in uh, at Celtic, every season with him I think I've kicked on and, and yeah, th- this season as well I think I've, I've, uh, I've, I've been doing the same and because yeah, we, we play big games every, every few days and I think that helps that uh, you, you can't really rest on what you've been doing, you, you need to keep going and we've got a lot of boys in the squad, both club and country and you need to keep working hard to, to stay in the team and and I think that drives everyone up. Yeah, I, f- I think it is. It's, it's a, a really. Uh, I think it's a really hungry group of boys. Like I think everyone at the club's doing really well, and and uh, a lot of runners in the team and that as well. And I think that does help. And as I said, we have, we have got a big squad and a lot of players playing like down England and and uh, like up up here as well. So I think that does help in the competition for places as well. 
Just how good was he last night and I suppose over the weekend as well? He was sensational. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You know, his finishes were top draw in all the in the two, two games. A variety of finishes for compose, caress him into the corner, calmness to exhilarating, you know, flicking over the top and volleying him in against Albania. Another little dink. Um, I was trying to think who, who was it was it Michael Should said he wasn't sure if he meant it I absolutely meant it you know the little dink and uh, you know he opens his body up as well just leans over and just side foots it and you know one part of skill is great but having the composure to to, to put it in the back of the net in a crucial moment in a key moment in, in games uh, you know it showed you how much he's improved uh, in his goal scoring mm. I mean last year he got a good return I think for three quarters of the season he had really well he tailed off a little bit and then at the start of the season, like a lot of the Celtic players hadn't quite clicked, you know, and it's amazing what confidence does for you. All of a sudden, you know, the team clicked, he clicked, he scored a hat trick against St. Johnson. Um, and then he's been on, he's just been in sensational scoring for him. And uh, as I say, but his, his overall performance, and he's a threat that the opponents now, you know, will look at and think, right, we'll, we're going to need to double up on him, we're going to need to make sure. We give him uh, extra attention And that will allow space for other players as well But at this moment in time Yeah, I mean he's as, he's as good as anyone going around I mean Mark, it was clearly a team effort But at the time when Scotland really needed someone to, to step up and produce something For him to go and score five goals over two games I mean, you, you can't really understate that contribution No, it was brilliant And it was a quality of the finishing as well, Gordon And you know what was really pleasing to, to see Watching Scotland in the past two games and I'm sure it will have been for Brendan Rodgers who was in the game at the game last night as well. Was actually seeing James Forrest bursting through the middle, holding off centre halves, you know, and then scoring goals and hitting the striking the ball cleanly, always hitting the target. Some improvement in him in the past eighteen months. And to think as many times as you well know, um, he was a whipping boy of Celtic supporters. No so long ago now he's the golden boy, just signed a new contract. And the key to it for James Forrest is, and I'm sure he'll be touching wood, is he doesn't have these hamstring problems. Anymore, which you know really blighted his career for three or four years. He couldn't have put six games together. Mm. Now he's in the form of his life, and he was been absolutely brilliant for Scotland. You, you almost you almost forget that, don't you? Because yeah. that was such a feature of yeah. James Forrest yeah. and injuries. It used to go hand in hand, and now it's a thing of the past. Yeah. And until Mark brought it up, you, you yeah. almost forget about it. Yeah, well, again, as I said, a lot of times, you know, you you, you get into games if you've had a, a niggle injury, a hamstring injuries, muscle injuries. You know, it's at the back of your mind, and you're not playing that free flowing with, with natural, you know, uh, style. And uh, the way he has, obviously, his acceleration is very, very important to him. So that's just niggling away at the back of you. So it's got to affect your game. But for me, also, the, in in the last couple of months, in particular at Celtic, is he's not had really any great defensive duties. There was a, a bit of a time there where he was playing like a wing back at times. A couple of times he was going back, and, and again, sometimes you might sacrifice. If you're not scoring goals, you think, well, I better work hard to stay in the team. Mm. But now with Scotland and with Celtic, he's more or less playing from the halfway line forward, and he's timing of his runs, as Mark said, running through the middle. He, you know, he knows when to come in off the flank, and he knows when to hold the width. So now, listen, mm. his all-round game to now is is exceptional. Alan is a Rangers fan from Irvine. What was your take from last night, Alan? Uh, it was brilliant. Um, I was listening in the first half as I was driving home from work. Um, and I caught the second half when I got in and I thought the three boys were putting up front while well, obviously Christie, um, James Forrest and Fletcher were brilliant um, it's great it's great for us um, it's great for me for a small fan because that, it's good to see that we've got such attacking purpose now which we didn't we've not had for 
a very long time. Do you know what I mean? We've got boys on both wings now that can cause a lot of problems. We've still got other players can come back into it. thought the midfield was brought as well. But my main point I wanted to speak about was I was very, very pleased last night with um, David Bates and Scott McKenna. I thought they, they were like a really, really good partnership. We've got two young guys at the back who can win headers. They're no fear to put a tackle in. They can play out for the back as well. And we've obviously got John Souter to come back when he's a wee bit injured. When he's back for his injury, sorry. Um, I think it's good for us having that. The two young guys that we can basically we can basically build our future, the, our future games in that on them. And I don't I don't think they're getting a lot of praise because they, they kept those two boys up front for Israel quiet last night and they were, um, you probably haven't come to, they never really done anything. They, they just kept them nullified. And that was that was my point. I don't think the the boys at the back were getting enough credit because I think they've done very very well. And also one of our calls was saying there we should be beating these teams three and four nothing and stuff like that. Be Albania. See to me, I wouldn't bother me if we won one 0 and it was a boring game. See, I won. I won to win. You don't have to go and steamroll everybody to get there. See if you win. You win. It's three points. Still the same. But obviously everybody. Is, I know some people are expecting us to go and bang in loads of goals. See, you don't. I would happily take a boring 1-0 win as yep. long as it got us three points. What about so that, the, that was, that. Yeah, Alan makes a, a couple of decent points there. Let's deal with the first one in terms of, of the back line. Again, early days. Nobody's getting carried away. But is it are the signs there that Bates and McKenna could be a partnership going forward? I mean, both only 22 as well. Well, certainly, um, yeah, they looked the part last night. And again, if, if you to say just now... Go with Bates and McKenna and March for our first game. Yeah, why not? You have got John Suter to get back. You've got the experience of Charlie Mulgrew to come back. But what I love about McKenna as well, which you know is probably such a rare commodity, particularly in our game in the centre defence. What a brilliant turn of pace he's got. Quick, yeah, you know quick. that that turn of pace. You saw the evidence last. Is that McKenna? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the one where Israel. he sort of he came across yeah. and cleared the ball. I'm Just not fa- sure five, all defenders would have got there. No, five five six yards, and, and you know that's why. Aston Villa were willing to pay 6 million quid for him uh, in August that's why Celtic were willing to go to 5 million quid to get him and credit to Aberdeen they knocked it back and the wisdom of knocking that back now somebody tries to buy McKenna in January listen you're, you're looking at 9, 10, 11 million quid probably and, and Aberdeen would, would have every right to hold out for that kind of money yeah I mean uh, the, you know Alan uh, is right in the sense that the two boys did do well for the most part um, there was a couple of wee instances the one particularly uh, towards the end of the game when Alan McGregor's at a great save we just got caught a little bit you know um, lack of concentration but that's got to come through playing in these high profile games um, there's obviously Mikey Devlin as well who looks as if he's going to form a really good partnership alongside Scott um, and McKenna and that could be something sometimes if, if you're playing together as a club partnership and you're young and you've you know you've got that understanding that that can sometimes play play a role as well in the mind just thinking going forward. But we ha- we have options in the vast, vast majority of positions. It's only really right back. Obviously Stephen O'Donnell was missing last night and Callum Parson came in. And again, I thought he'd done better last night than he did in the first game. By his own admission, he doesn't really enjoy it. But I, I like the fact he was willing to go in there and give a hundred percent. And he does give us an out ball, even just a straightforward you know, knocking a header on and that physicality. But other than maybe that area, I think we've got plenty of options uh, in central midfield, central defence. Um, and and I just think there's... Listen, now now we're talking positively about the young players and the, young, and, the mm-hmm. and the options we have. 
uh, a week ago the, or two weeks ago uh, oh, well, well, everyone's coming off and it's a nightmare no one wants to play for Scotland there's an underlying reason all these sort of things so thankfully we put all that to bed uh, John Paul Monaghan's on Twitter says outstanding again from Forrest 11 and 12 for club and country without doubt the best player in Scotland uh, Gary's on as well Gary Henderson says all the people saying not to get carried away Forget that Be positive We overreact to every negative And revel in doom and gloom So let's enjoy the state of the national team Until they give us a reason not to 01419511025 Alan Another Alan Is a Rangers fan from Stirling Hi Alan How are you doing guys? Uh, I was just thinking there That you're all praising James Forrest For his, per- his performance Which is rightly so But if it wasn't for McGregor Saving the last couple of minutes here All that hard work would have been done You know yeah. There'd been nothing. Fair point, Mark. Yeah. Quidi, you're a you're a keen observer of goalkeepers. Ah, yeah, Great yeah, save, wasn't brilliant. it? Been brilliant all season, doing doing it week in, week out uh, for Rangers. As I said in the program two weeks ago, uh, if you had to vote just now for Player of the Year, I, I would vote for him um, all day long. And yeah, that save was crucial. Ahead of last, James Forrest. Uh, I at the moment, yeah, I would. Um, and listen, that said, I thought last night. I'm sure Alan, if he analysed it, will be disappointed at the first goal he lost in terms of his positioning um, but you know when he when he's there he's called upon um, he's top draw and certainly what has emerged over the past couple of months now is that he is the undisputed number one that, that he can only throw the jersey away yeah I mean Alan McGregor's been magnificent for Rangers um, since he got uh, back in uh, back to the club again um, and again, you know, when he's been called upon at Scotland, but like, in, you know, listen, you know, goalkeepers they make a save in, in the last minute. Um, you know that that's concentration. It's a, a type of save I think Alan McGregor would make all day long. He, he does have a little weakness. We seen one in, the, in I think that second half or midway where he came and he kind of punched one down mm-hmm. to the ground, and he, yeah. that's the one area that he's not brilliant at. But his distribution, his concentration. His shot stopping is uh, magnificent, and I think that um, you know. Well, again, we're lucky to have two good goalkeepers, at least two good goalkeepers, and um, you know, yeah, it was a great save. But I, I don't think that should take mm. any away from a Scotland player to to score a hat trick in uh, a qualifying game uh, is is almost unheard of. It's very very rare. There's not been many done it over the the, the over a hundred years. Everyone knows the first Celtic player to do it over over hundred years, but there's not been many Scotland players. Who have scored a hat trick? So I think all the plaudits have to go to James Forrest. The other thing about McGregor is he's so calm, Gordon, mm. and he spreads that calmness. So you think that that helps the likes of Bates yeah, and McKenna? Yeah, you, you never mm. see him flustered. Like for example, that punch when he comes mm. and fluffs it. You know, he fluffed it. So what? You move on, and that's the sign of a good goalkeeper when mentally you don't allow a mistake to affect you. Uh, we are about to hear from Ryan Christie, but firstly, let me speak to you about something very important. Mission Christmas in partnership with Wholesale Domestic Bathrooms Hillington, caring about children in Glasgow and the West. Yes, it's that time of the year this Christmas. We need your help once again to ensure children and young people right here on our doorstep in Glasgow and the West have simply a better Christmas. Now, this might be hard to believe, but the majority of families that live in poverty. They're not unemployed, they're not unable to work In fact, 59% of families living in poverty Do have working members of the family But they just can't make ends meet And we want to help this Christmas Because many children won't even have a hot meal During the Christmas period because they're not at school I think we can all agree that's 
pretty hard to hear uh, So let's hear how you can help Michelle is a children's worker from 3D Drum Chapel It's a group which supports vulnerable children and families in the local area And uh, here she's been telling us how your money can help make a difference And I think I notice the difference most with Cash for Kids money Is during our sessions being able to give snacks and provide sandwiches and fruit and juice for all the children to come to the clubs uh, you can really see how much they want the food how much they need the food they enjoy coming for the food rather than just the games as well so they really enjoy getting fed at 3D Drum Chapel and if you want to help you text the word Clyde to 70808 that donates £5 so you text the word Clyde to 70808 every penny goes towards helping local children this Christmas we will hear from Ryan Christie after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi are looking back mostly on the Scotland game from last night. It was another successful evening, top of the Nations League group, and we've got that playoff to fall back on to try and get through to Euro 2020. Keep your calls coming on that. If you want to talk club football, we can do that as well. And on Twitter, we're at Clyde SSB. Ken is in Canvas Lang. What's your point tonight, Ken? How's it going? How's it going, Jim, Mark and Gordon? Hello, hello Dave, Ken. Before I go into the game, the actual game last night, I'd like to say I was had a lot of admiration for the Israeli players at the beginning before the game kicked off last night. They took the jackets off and put the, put the jackets around the mascots standing in front of them because they looked absolutely bolted last night. <laughs> you should have seen Gordon um, DL, Ken. He had about four jackets on. His nose was redder than usual. He was not happy at all. Well, he could have given one to the mascots. That's well, true. He could have given three to the mascots. <laughs> what about the football, Ken? I think, I, I think Gordon DL was a bit too tight to give a jacket up. <laughs> that is definitely anyway, true. <laughs> about the game, I, mean, I, I thought at the start of the game, I thought it was the, the same old story. They do good in one game and then the next game they play absolute terrible. I'm trying to keep it clean. Yeah, here. Right. You had, and, you had uh, me worried there. That was all right. After the first 30 minutes, it was absolutely fantastic. It was it was, uh, it was fantastic to watch. I mean, I'm looking forward to Kieran Tierney getting back. He can play that right back position. Because um, uh, Cameron, is it Callum Parson? Was that the guy who yes. was the right back? Yeah. Yeah. I thought he didn't look comfortable there you know what I mean and that um, Kieran Tierney when he comes back he'll be I think he was missed last night the rest of the guys I thought had a fantastic game last night especially James Forrest continuing his club form on and I was also glad that Christie got through a game without being headbutted well that has been a bit of a, a theme recently you're right um, what, what about that then because on what listen let's be very clear Callum Patterson mm-hmm. Deserves to be applauded Because yes. he kept the clean sheet the other night He's part of a team which won last night He turned up when mm-hmm. others didn't He gave everything And he was part of the team that got us there mm-hmm. Having said that he's prob- He pro- probably would be the, the one area for improvement Is that? I don't think that's been unfair well, Listen, he's, he's not a natural he, Although he, he, when he first came into Hearts and that He played right back a lot But since he's went to Cardiff He hasn't played right back But he went in there and done a job for the team I, I, I'm a massive admirer of Kieran Tierney but I don't think he would have made a significant difference to the team last night, just the way the game went, you know. And um, you know, some of the parts I, you know, Ken mentioned there. After we lost the goal, we got nervy, and which is understandable. It mm. took us maybe fifteen, twenty minutes after that to clear our heads, and you know, they maybe you know just calm down, and that, that's understandable. But after that, you know, we played well, and the game last ninety minutes it doesn't last thirty, so you know. Listen, the, the, Kieran Tierney, as I said, is an exceptional player. He will come, definitely come back into the squad. 
But uh, I, I think Callum Patterson, like all of the Scottish players, deserves all the credit. Mm. And I don't think we should be looking to see who was poor or who didn't, who wasn't as good as this one. You know, they all had played that played their part in the success over two games. Remember, not just one game, two games. Ryan Christie says it's easy playing with the likes of James Forrest, the teammates at club level, of course, combining. Well over the last couple of days The midfielder says Forrest is unplayable at times But the whole squad shows great resilience To deliver the result last night It's easy for me When you've got like Jamesy Forrest and Rizy either side And you know Fletch up top He's you know he's a pleasure to play off You know it's kind of touch And his, his awareness is brilliant So and like uh, Stu said That, that Jamesy was, was um, on a different level tonight So you know it's easy for the likes of me and him To, to come in and just keep feeding them um, And Jamesy takes his, his finish superbly you know, we weren't happy with the start and it maybe took us 10, 15 minutes just to get our um, kind of shape right up against them. Um, you know, but once we did that, I think we kind of really pressed on and, um, you know, I think we could have scored definitely earlier than when we did and, you know, it was just about getting that breakthrough. Um, again, Jamesy with a, a great finish, but um, I think overall the, the performance was, was worthy of a win. Um, and, you know, we, we showed our kind of resilience in the last the last 10 minutes, I think. Me and him couldn't really watch it from the bench, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, the fair play that the boys come on, like Sashini and Matt Phillips, the, the legs we needed at that important time. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. And I think you know when, when you've got him in form like he is just now, he's he's unplayable at times. Um, you know, he can pick up the ball in any area of the park and you know take takes players on. He's always so positive and um, you know, like I said earlier, that makes our our job easier just to, to keep feeding the ball to him. Three weeks ago is when Ryan Christie came on at halftime against Hearts in the yeah, Betfred Cup. Yeah, <laughs> what, what? I mean, what yeah. a contribution in three weeks! Yeah, he, he's been brilliant, and you know what, Gordon? Just just listening to his interview there, and I certainly appreciate it, and, and I know you will too. And it's a theme around the squad just now, from Andy Robertson to James Forrest to to Christie to Bates to all these boys. They're so level headed. Um, they sound grateful and appreciative of having the chance there's no Billy big times you know swarming about with it you know think that they've achieved something nothing has been achieved mm-hmm. and you look at the way England were that squad under Gary Southgate in the summer never once you know the typical England of bumping their gums they were achieving but they were very humble and I can see this running mm-hmm. through the, the, the Scotland squad as well which really pleases me and maybe just a, a small part of why they have been so successful uh, in the past week or so I know you've been championing mm-hmm. Ryan Christie for a bit Jim mm-hmm. Duffy suggesting he could be the man t- to step up but um, mm-hmm. I mean like I say in three weeks to be doing it so significantly for club and country what yeah. a period it's been for him Yeah I mean again this is a great example not to let your head go down you know to believe in your own ability and you have to get the chance and his chance came through the misfortune of two of Celtic's probably key players and Scott Brown and Oliver and Cham Olivia and Cham so therefore you know he, he took that chance you know, he, he grabbed it and he, he threw the gauntlet and the gauntlet was thrown down to him. He picked it up and he, and he, and he really, you know, went to a different level. And, uh, you know, the games at Aberdeen have been uh, great for him because it's given him that confidence that he knows that one, he can certainly play in the Scottish Premiership. Um, but when he's went to Celtic and with the players they have and the style they play and also the style over the last couple of games for Scotland, then it mm. suited him um, absolutely perfectly. And yeah, and long may it continue But I said, for me, it just sends a good positive message out To a lot of players Who are maybe knocking at the door And just like, I'm not getting a chance Well, you look at Ryan Christie And you say, well, listen, it can come And it can come very quickly But you've got to be ready to, to take, take it. it And he's ready physically Because he put on the, the muscle, as he said, he had to do And mentally And confidence is a huge thing in football uh, Kenny's in Airdrie What's pleasing you the most at the moment, Kenny? Uh, evening, Jim and Mark. Uh, no, okay. I, I, what's really cheering me right up about the, the performance the last couple of games 
we're actually no trying to get there. See, see, we've failed for the last 20 years, and we've kind of every every time we've got there, we've stuck to the old timers, the old timers. Let's stick to experience, stick. and we've left people out that are maybe on the fringes that could have done something. And I think uh, McLeish has been quite brave. The players he's brought in, Boris, for example, you know, Callum Patterson, he's turned up as as, as you said earlier, Gordon, but. Uh, it's a team performance, but I think it's because there's younger guys in it. They're more fired up. I think the other, the older team, we kept relying on. Oh, we'll keep him in. We'll keep him in, and we kind of maybe ran them out a wee bit too far, you know, and being too protective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, listen, we don't know how how far yet that this yeah. this group can take us, Jim. Yeah. But what's undeniable at this moment is that there is a freshness, even. You know, age is is one yeah. is one sort of way of judging it. The number of caps as well. There, there's a, there's a freshness there. It seems like yeah. a bit of a new era. Yeah, but there's energy, there's pace. So there's that, a different dynamic about the team. And Kenny's right. You can be sometimes too loyal, and you and you stick in your head by a formula if you want to call it that before the campaign. But uh, listen, th- this was a little mini league, so we didn't have maybe sometimes you've got twelve games over happens to be, and you maybe look at experience and you get things in your head, but. And we know there's still a fair bit of work to go. You know, we've got the 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 the, the B, uh, you know, league to try and qualify from, and then but this has given us a cushion to to try and qualify. So we we know there's still a bit to go, but uh, yeah, I'm with Kenny. I think you bring in your younger players, you bring in that enthusiasm, and as Mark said, when they're not talking, they seem delighted to be part yeah. of the squad. Whereas obviously we know there's a lot of guys mm. who have who have. Done their time Who were maybe not Quite the same enthusiasm And uh, you know That that showed on the pitch That can stem down from Andy Robertson You know because if, if he can stay level headed Having played in the Champions League And rubbing shoulders with, Final <laughs> Yeah the final sorry yeah. and, and, and rubbing shoulders With some of the world's best Every week then Surely the rest of them yeah, can he, He's a leader he, He's humble You know you've not forgotten his roots And I, I, you know We've all been there Gordon you see them You know these Boys that have got five caps and ten first team games under their belt, and, and they look down their nose at people and, and walk about, you know, swanning. And you know, I don't see that in this Scotland squad. And just listening to the boys, you know, like I say, name any of them: David Bates, McKenna, um, you know, name who you like: Christie, Armstrong. They're all nice lads, first and foremost, and that goes a long way mm. for me. Pundit. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi are both standing by, ready for tonight's Beat the Pundit. The question is, are you ready? If you fancy it, it's 0141-951-1025. Come on here, show off your football knowledge and potentially walk away with a signed ball. 0141-951-1025. Do it quick. You only have until the news at 7 o'clock. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Looking back on a very good night for Scotland as we top the Nations League group. So keep your calls coming if you want to discuss that. And if you want to talk club football, let's do it because we're going to hear from Terry Butcher on Rangers' chances of beating Celtic this season. That's coming up next. Pundit. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Time for Beat the Pundit. It's good to be back in the warm studio. Last night we did it live from Hamden. We had to just send Gordon DL away, just tell him to walk away so that he couldn't hear the answers. It was a bit of a logistical challenge, but I think we've got it down tonight. Jim and Mark are both ready. One of them is going to take on Lee from Shawlands. How are you tonight, Lee? 
Yeah, no bad, thanks, no bad, thanks How you doing guys? Yeah, all good, can't complain I'm going to toss the coin Lee Hedger up against Mark Guidi And Tails, you will be up against Jim Duffy Let's see how we get on And it is heads So Mark Guidi, get the headphones on I will give you some Clyde 2 in your ear hole And that way you can't hear what Lee is saying to it Right Lee, I'm going to give you 30 seconds You're about to go head to head The secret is you can pass Here is your chance to beat the pundit You ready? Who scored Israel's opener last night? Berem Which Scottish player has made the most World Cup appearances? Pass uh, Who left his role as Republic of Ireland manager today? Mananu Which German side play their home games at the Veltins Arena? How many Champions League titles has Zlatan Ibrahimovic won? Two Which Spanish side are nicknamed Los Cules? Pass and which side does former Rangers player Joey Barton manage? Uh, Quick! Okay, okay, okay. I think we just got that in there. Let's bring Mark Guidi yeah. back. Mark, can you hear us? I can. You Gordon, can. Yep. Right, same set of questions to you. Okay. Let's do it. Who scored Israel's opener last Kyle. night? Which Scottish player has made the most World Cup appearances? Kyle Bush. Who left his role as Republic of Ireland Martin manager Martin. today? Which German side play their home games at the Veltins Arena? Uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach How many Champions League titles has Zlatan Ibrahimovic won? Three Which Spanish side are nicknamed Los Cules? Uh, Alves uh, Which side does former Rangers player Joey Barton manage? Fleetwood And which city are Belgian side Anderlecht from? Uh, Brussels Okay What do you think Lee? He got through one more question than you Fancy your chances? Uh, I think, uh, nah, I think he's put me to it. I think that last one was costly. Let's let's find yeah. out who scored Israel's opener last night. Beram Kayal, which Scottish player has made the most World Cup appearances? Uh, none of you got that right, Jim. Would you hazard a guess? Joe Jordan. It's Jim Layton. Nine, oh, nine appearances. So one all after the first question. Who's left his role as Republic of Ireland manager today? It's Martin O'Neill. You both got that Two all Which German side Play their home games At the Veltins Arena It's Schalke mm. Incidentally You both went for Munchen Gladbach So still two all How many Champions League titles Has Zlatan Ibrahimovic won? It's none no. Yeah yep. Here we go Bit of a trick question mm. On that one So two all Which Spanish side Are nicknamed Los Culis This goes down as um, Every day is a school day Barcelona oh. And it means The Cabbages well, apparently no idea. Yeah, there you go. See that producer That's mm. nodding his head Blame him I don't really know uh, Which side does Former Rangers player Joey Barton manage It's Fleetwood You both got that And Lee This is where it comes down To the last question You didn't get there Mark Guidi did Which city Or Belgian side Anderlecht from Have you been On work business No I've not No It was Brussels You mm. got it right And it's a last minute Winner Lee Hard to take But hard lines well done, man. Well done. All right, unlucky, Lee. Unlucky. Good, Good man, man, Lee. You can try your luck again sometime. That was not bad at all. Four for Mark Guidi and three for Lee. You can have your chance to beat the pundit on tomorrow night's show at the same time. What about that, Martin O'Neill? Was it, was it just time? Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, it's living else, you know. Um, obviously, when the qualifying was at the 2016, was it? And, um, you know, they, they got to the last 16 and, you know, again, it's about trying to... The difficulty with, with international players, I think, for, you know, countries like Ireland is it takes time to develop these, the younger players. You don't you don't have a huge squad to pick from. A lot of their, you know, guys, to, to go to guys, if you want to call it, I think we're past their best. And the next the next crop weren't they quite ready yet, and I think that that's that's a difficult thing for a manager at that level because people still have high expectations. Mm. Uh, I think when they had 
you know, a great goal scorer in Robbie Keane mm-hmm. and, and they've missed him and unless I'm mistaken they don't really have a right good number I mean John Walters has been decent yeah, over the years but uh, you know every now and again Shane Long every now and again but you know they're, they're, they've missed a Robbie Keane um, type they're not easy to, to come by for Martin O'Neill I think he's a brilliant manager always admired his work and uh, I hope he gets a one more crack at, at something and now I'm pretty sure we will take more calls on the international break it was a successful one after all uh, let's look Ahead a bit to club football And give me your thoughts on this please Particularly uh, Rangers fans This might be of interest to you 01419511025 Terry Butcher says Rangers must look to the long term If they want to stop Celtic The former Ibrox skipper admits He doesn't think Stephen Gerrard's side Have enough to beat Celtic this season But he has been impressed By the start Gerrard has made at Ibrox very well. I mean, I mean, it's a big club, Rangers, and he, he would have obviously he knows that now. And I, I think he knew before as well. But when you get in, you realise how big it is. But I think he's he's got he's he's come into the job and done very well. I think a lot of things he says are very good. Whether they can beat Celtic this year, or whether they can they can push Celtic all the way or, or finish second is a different story. But there's a it's more of a battle I think for second place. Celtic at top at the moment. They, you sort of think, well, the machine will kick in later in the in the in the new year, and all that's what normally happens. But you know, if they do if they do uh, crack on, which they normally do, it's then it's then a case of right. You know, not so much building for the end of this season; it's building for next season. But making sure that things are in place for the long term future, rather than just just short term. I think that's what Rangers have to look at: long term future, not short term. I know it means Celtic maybe winning titles, yes. but it's not about the short term. And I, it's horrible for me to say, but I just think that the more that that Rangers can dent Celtic's run to the title then you know there, there will be a time and I'm, I'm, I'm looking this season I'm saying well can they beat Celtic this season yeah, at the moment you say well hmm, I'm not really sure I don't, I, well I am sure I don't think it will happen He'll, he won't stop going He'll stop, he won't stop believing he'll keep believing and the fans have to and I'm sure the players will as well what do you make listen it's Terry Butcher's take obviously what, yeah. what do you make of that though in terms of he, he doesn't really sound like he's given Rangers much of a chance at beating Celtic this season D- do you accept that that it should be a bit more long term or should Rangers be aiming a bit higher? Uh, well, I think what he means is over the course of thirty-eight games, I would agree with him. I don't, I don't think so. Um, I don't think Rangers will be the champions come May. <laughs> Certainly, got to give them credit for being only being two points off the pace, considering what they've had to put do in Europe as well over the past four months. So they deserve credit for that. Um, but yeah, you know, it really comes down to what the the hierarchy of the club think. Gordon is. Is the be-all and end-all stopping 10 in a row? I, I don't know. Only the board can answer that, Dave King. I mean, there was, a, there was a, a really interesting article a couple of weeks ago from David Lowe, who was one of Celtic's financial advisors more than 20 years ago when Fergus McCann took over the club. And Rangers, I think at that point, were like five, six in a row, seven in a row. And Fergus McCann said, I can't be blinded by the next two years. I must have a longer-term vision for the club. And if 10 in a row happens on my watch and Rangers do it, then so be it. But it's not about the next three years, it's about putting stability in place for the next 10, 20, 30 years. Now, not many people would have that patience, not many people would have the backbone to say, I don't care what the supporters think, because supporters are going off their nut trying to stop 10 in a row. So was Tommy Bernard, and eventually Celtic um, managed to do it with one game to go that season under Vim Janssen when Rangers got a nine, then stopped 10. So it depends what the vision of the Rangers club is. I suspect they'll be hell bent and stopping 10 in a row. Will that cause long-term damage? Who knows? Will it actually do them good because they will stop it if they're going to throw a few quid at it? It, it remains to be seen, Gordon. Well, the first thing, it has to be sustainable, you know, financially. 
you know, you can't throw a ton of money anywhere, any football club. But Rangers can't do that to try and chase, you know, that uh, dream of, of stopping Celtic. You know, you have to build. That's the only way they can do it. They could throw a ton of money and it might still not be successful. But if you build, you've got a better chance and at less risk. So Steven Gerrard is building a team. Um, you know, he has still got a few things to sort out. There's still a number of alone players. Um, there's still a lot of baggage from the previous managers that are still there earning yeah. good money, taking good money from the club. So this is going to take a little bit of a time to clear that. Um, you know, and there's still there's still players there who are you know been injured and stuff. So for me, this is a season for Rangers to try and close the gap as much as they can. Um, at least finish second, um, and try and uh, at least and that would be an improvement. Try and win the only cup that's available to them now, the Scottish Cup. Um, Silverware is important, but they had a, a poor result against Aberdeen in the semi-final so that was one trophy um, gone so for me this season's about trying to move forward trying to close the gap uh, and then as another couple of transfer windows you'll have January then you'll have the summer and I think by that time there'll be a, enough uh, still an awful lot of change but a lot of guys cleared out a bit more stability mm. I don't think you'll see the same influx of players coming in and then the following season I think there'll be more uh, of a of a, um, consistency about Rangers domestically. How much are you looking forward to the domestic stuff returning, Mark? I mean, yeah. barring one or two yeah. fixture list anomalies, we've pretty much played everyone once. Uh-huh. You know, we're late in November. You can't really call this early season anymore. And how important is that 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 jam packed fixture list between now and the oh. winter break? Bro, I mean, come the winter break, we're going to have a proper. A proper look at the at the league race And see how it's shaping up In terms of the, the top two or three clubs The middle four or five Pushing for top six And then you're, you know, you're kind of bottom three um, Who's going to be in the in the dogfight um, But yeah certainly it's going to separate The men from the boys Over the next six or seven games We're all back Saturday Full card Gordon Six games Cracking fixture list on Saturday Rangers, Livingston, Hamilton Celtic, St Johnson, Kilmarnock St Mirren, Hearts, Motherwell Aberdeen Brilliant Fixture list. It's great that memorised the fixture list. Great that the 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 domestic game um, is back, and all the guys spread around the clubs that have been involved in the international scene will come back with a, a nice spring in their step, which is good for the the club managers who'll start working with them tomorrow, forty eight hours to prepare. So yeah, it's brilliant. We've got a really good league race. Kilmarnock St Johnson stepped up the plate the past three or four weeks. Aberdeen looking as if they might have a wee go. And for Rangers and, and, and Celtic too To try and keep it going It's a real critical period Jim Because Mark's quite right to point I mean listen in The last few domestic games The Celtic fans have, have been have been, mm. been flying About the way the football has mm. been played But of course the league table shows Rangers are only mm. two points behind yeah. Now it's about What will that gap be If any mm-hmm. By the time they meet at the new year Yeah I mean it's again I use that word consistency And it's about that You know I mean it's It's about digging out some results And I think, you know, from Rangers' point of view, I think that the, the fact that they, they managed to get a couple of wins away from home against St Mern and Hamilton without being at their best, I think shows that maybe there's a slightly different mindset there now. That that means that I think they're improving um, in, in their knowledge of how to win games. I mean, Celtic have done that for years. Not always played at their best. You know, played well most of the time, but when they haven't, they've still managed to, 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 to know how to win and I think that's something that Rangers have been searching for. But those kind of couple of games, yeah, you can maybe say they're not against two of the top teams. But regardless of that, they're away from home and they managed to pick up um, at the point. Uh, Celtic, as you know, obviously it was at the, the Livingston game. Uh, weren't the best, all credit to Livingston that day. 
But uh, you know, on the back uh, or just after the 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 Leipzig game, then you know you would have to say that there was maybe a chance it might have been a little bit flatter. Mm-hmm. So, but their 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 form over the last couple of months uh, has been has been terrific, and they're still the team. They're still the team to beat. They've they've went top of the league. <laughs> uh, just uh, you know, when everyone thought maybe two or three weeks ago, wait a minute, there's a wee bit to what uh, what here. But Celtic being top of the league. Mid November, I think, is ominous for the rest of the league. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. John's in Paisley. What did you make of what you just heard from Terry Butcher, John? Well, Terry Butcher can keep saying it. No, I mean, he's got a, yeah, he's got a point. No, I mean, we're we're at a stage now we're six months in a rebuilding progress, and we are far advanced now than what any of us would be. That's my personal opinion, and some people won't agree with it. But I think we're we're further ahead than what we actually thought. But the changes we've made and the team grinding out results is what you said. It's not pretty, but that's the mentality we need. We need a win mentality, and I think Gerard's brought that into us. A lot of people don't think Gerard should be the man, because some people don't like him, but he's six months further on than where we were two years ago, and we've got this mentality. Butcher, we've got to beat Celtic this year. We've got to beat them at least once, because that's a must, because we've had it too long. And the was averages tells you that it's got to come one time. Agree with that? That's my personal yeah. opinion. Is that, yeah. is that a must, as John says? Well, yeah, you know, if, if you're going to be, uh, you know, put down a proper challenge, yeah, December 29th, it's got to start sooner rather than later at, at home, um, Rangers v Celtic at Ibrox. Only 800 Celtic fans in the stadium, might not be any. Yeah, in we'll, the stadium. we'll get so to get, that. You've got 50,000 potentially Rangers fans. So, yeah, at some point, John's right, you've got to beat them, you've got to say to Celtic, actually. Yeah, we have improved. We are, we are proper now. We're coming for you, you know. Um, and they need to throw that. They need to put that message um, out there. I'm just interested in the point that John said. Some Rangers supporters don't don't want Stephen Jett. Is that who's got that opinion, John? Because I've only I've really heard, heard positive stuff about him. I've heard. I've oh no, I've heard some people are, are still just don't. They're not sure. They're still not. The jury's still out. Do you know what I mean they're still out there? That you know I mean because he's so young. But you're right though Look at the improvement Into Europe So that he's brought in Minimum 8 million quid Into the club Right away He's brought a proper Professionalism To the place There's no nonsense Off the park In terms of you know Some comments for the players And, and indeed some comments for, for previous managers That um, you know I think just belittled the club And didn't do the club Any favours in the bigger picture So he is a proper Football person And is doing a proper job At Rangers I also think he's brought a profile to Rangers, yeah. you, know, um, uh, you know, a UK profile, maybe beyond that as well, the football that they're doing, but when Steven Gerrard being at Rangers, there's definitely a lot more of a positive focus on the club, but with that comes expectations, people see Steven Gerrard and think, listen, he, he has to be successful, it's his first job as management, he's going to make mistakes, as I said before, everybody makes mistakes where you're the most experienced or, 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 or a novice manager, um, but he is learning his trade He's learning quickly The Rangers have said Are and have improved um, But there's still a bit to go And that that's the thing But you know You, you need a little bit more time As I said He has to know Not just about Rangers But about the Scottish game You know He's he's, he's never worked in Scotland before He doesn't know You know When he goes to Petaudry And he goes to Easter Road And he goes to Tynecastle You he heard all about the Celtic Rangers rivalry But there's other rivalry And Rangers are a huge club Whenever they go and they're a big scalp for all these clubs. So, you know, that takes a bit of understanding as well. But, you know, for me, I think it's uh, terrific that Stephen Gerrard is in Scottish football. OK, thank you to John in Paisley. Mark is in Greenock. He thinks the Scottish FA owe Alex McLeish an apology. 
We're going to get to that And the full time teaser next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results every week Talk to Thompson's.com Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard It's time for the full time teaser Now last night's was so hard that I've just given it to the guys at the break yeah. Just to see what Oof, they could come up with tough. Last night's tough. was unbelievable You always have to make them hard for Roger Hanna But they were away from home, they were at Hamden It was, you know, it was off-putting It was a tough night for the teaser This one is tough, but it's not as tough as that right? So goodness. Martin Burns right. has sent this question in Nine players Have played in the top flight In Scotland in the 90s The 2000s And the 2010s And have played for either Celtic or Rangers So nine players have played in the top flight in Scotland In the 90s The 2000s And the 2010s And have played for either Celtic or Rangers Fulltime at Clyde1.com That's where you can send your questions in And we will try our best to use them on the show Any ideas, any that jump out at you? And, and so just to, just to clarify, mm-hmm. did they play for Celtic or Rangers, or could it, at, always at that time, or could it have uh, been for different clubs? If you're on, yeah, yeah, it could have been for, for different clubs. Right, okay. So nine players who played in the top flight in Scotland in the nineties, two thousands, and twenty tens, and have played for Celtic or right, Rangers. Well, Davy Weir, yes. Christian Daly, no. So they played all, all of those three decades. Yes, in the top flight right. in Scotland. Lee McCulloch Yes So I'm stating the obvious But guys who were probably Breaking through in the late 90s They would have um, to be to, to sort of have that be, Longevity uh, Simon Donnelly No Jackie McNamara Yes Right that's a good start That's three out of nine Lee McCulloch Jackie McNamara David Weir You can play along on Twitter At Clyde SSB Mark is in Greenock He's got some thoughts on Alex McLeish Share them with us Mark How's you doing lads? Good thanks uh, Hiya Thanks for taking my call no Basically with Alex McLeish, I think during the start, like there was a lot of people who didn't really want Alex McLeish in, mm-hmm. and then he had to take over the job for like go to this tour of South America and things like that, and then he had friendlies against Belgium, Portugal, all these big kind of bigger countries. That, in all honesty, Scotland aren't going to really beat or anything like that. And I think that put him under like enormous pressure because if you looked at his competitive games, he's done really well, you know. But I think the SFA put him under pressure when there was no reason to put him under pressure. If you know what I mean Yeah I mean I think that's um, I think If you separate the competitive stuff From the, yeah. from some of the friendlies Jim It's clearly been a very different picture Yeah I think uh, You know Matt's got a good point In the sense that I don't think there's been games That uh, you would pick If you're a manager You know And uh, you know You're trying to find your feet You're trying to find your best uh, Formation I know Alec will be dignified And say listen We're better to play against High quality opposition We learn more But when that negativity, you know, increases and when you're getting a couple of doings, you know, then, it, you know, it definitely, you know, does affect the confidence. Uh, and I think it was shown when we went, when we, we started it. So I, I agree, agree to a point. I, but again, we don't know how much Mark, um, uh, Alec had uh, of an influence for yeah. the, the latter two games, you know, that we played. The, well, the, the two, uh, obviously, the South, South America, America had nothing yeah. to do with. The, the, but having said that, though, his hands... Well, everyone's hands were tied to an extent Because remember when you get to those friendlies You can only play the free teams in the Nations League mm-hmm. Some had already arranged fixtures Others we couldn't play for other reasons mm-hmm. And we, we, we kind of had to play Portugal 
We didn't have too yeah. much other choice because it had to be a team who was yeah. free. No, in the no, Nations I, I understand. How, but just as I said, I don't think it was you know his choice. All I'm saying is that there are games where you know you're going to be in the back foot, so you're not really developing your style. Um, and and it, you know, I, again, whether it's an apology due, I would say no, because uh, I don't think it, it you know it makes any difference. Listen, we had a, had a job to do, and maybe, just maybe. Uh, the fact is, everyone kind of had written us off because of these type of games. Maybe it helped. And maybe worked yeah. in, in, in my favour, you know, indirectly. You know, the players just think, okay, let's show them, you know. And I mean, it's, it's kind of it's, it's worked in, in, uh, in for, for us as a, a wee change, you know, because normally, you know, uh, we falter when we're expected to win. What do you make of that, Mark? I know, I, I kind of agree with him as well, but I just felt that he was fighting a losing battle with these. These fixtures, you know, I don't know. I'm mean, Pep Guardiola could have been a manager, it would never made a difference, mm-hmm. you know. So, I just feel yeah. sorry for him in a way because he was just in the back foot straight away, like Jim said. It's, it created negativity, mm. and it didn't have to be. Just you, to look, if you just looked at a competitive game, it should have all positive, really, apart from obviously Israel away. Yeah. Do you agree with that, Mark Greedy? Because, listen, you can you can manipulate stats whatever way you want, I, I accept that, but it's a fact. Alex McLeish's record in competitive games for Scotland still remains. Very, very good because obviously we know what happened in the ten games in two thousand and seven, and then like like we said, you know, t- to win three of the Nations League games and, and only lose one, that, that that's decent. But of course, a lot of the build up to that was clouded because the performances in those friendlies was so disappointing. Yeah, I mean, he's had four competitive games, three wins and a defeat. You, you look, you go back to his record uh, when when he was the manager for for ten competitive games, which included a, a win in Paris. Um, before so yeah he's got a good record the bottom line is he had to top that group to stay in his job he's topped it job done let's get behind them let's get behind the backroom staff the players let's see more of a tapping army turn, um, turning out I don't know what the crowd was last night 21, 22,000 but it looks like Gordon you, you, you were there I, don't re- I certainly don't remember an official announcement yeah, but it would have been about that I don't that, think yeah. I've asked a few people today and when you don't hear an official announcement <laughs> that tells me that they don't want to give one out so therefore the stadium's been less than half full which is unfortunate so clearly there's a job to be done to get the supporters back on side and the, the Scotland players as much as they've delivered in the past well, over this four game competitive campaign They'll love nothing better than running out in front of forty-five to 50,000 Scotland fans. Now, the task for the SFA, Alec McLeish and his players and everybody else involved that brings it all together is to go out and entice full houses back for Scotland for the next campaign, which when the draw is made in December the 2nd in Dublin, it kicks off in, in March. We have got six months, March till November, to try and clinch a place automatically by finishing the top two and we'll stand a better chance of doing that with 50,000 fans at hand Thank you to Mark and Greenock It's 0141-951-1025 To join in Give us your thoughts as well On anything that may have uh, Taken your fancy From Celtic's AGM Today we're going to look at Some of the Highlights If you can call them that um, And uh, see what we make of those On Twitter I can see a few of you Giving this teaser A really good go John Clark's got one of them mm. Peter Gray You're going to have to think again Kev uh, And Matthew Have got one of the answers you're looking for So I'm only going to take one more guess here We're looking for nine players Who've played in Scotland's top flight since In the 90s, the 2000s and the 2010s And have played for either Go Celtic on. or Rangers got a couple of So guys like Lee McCulloch, Jackie McNamara, Davy Weir Okay, Kenny Miller Yep Alan McGregor No <sighs> Scott Brown No Alright, we'll leave Neil that McCann. there No mm. We'll leave that there Because you've only got one, two, three, four, five to get Plenty of time to get them Plenty mm. 
Uh, right, Celtic's AGM today, Mark Guidi. I'm sure in your days as a newspaper man, you, you covered many of these. Uh, they often throw up some weird and wonderful <laughs> uh, questions from the floor and, and, and so on. But some of the, the headlines that come out of it today, uh, the first one would probably be this, that Celtic may refuse tickets for next month's meeting with Rangers for security reasons. That's what Peter Lowell told the AGM today. He says the club are going to advise fans not to attend if he feels there are safety concerns now. This all sounds a bit dramatic, but it comes on the back of, we all know the story at the start of the season, Rangers cut Celtic's away allocation. Uh, Celtic responded by by doing the same, and that partly contributed to five people being injured trying to get into the game when they met at Celtic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there was, a, I think, an independent review was ordered by the club. So Peter Law was saying, you know, there are ongoing issues, uh, ongoing discussions, sorry, with the relevant bodies as well as supporters groups. So before making a final decision on whether to recommend that no tickets uh, should be taken uh, for the fixture, they're, they're going to carry on these discussions. What do you make of that? Well, I, I'd need to know what the safety issues are, Gordon. I th- well, know, I think, I think all, ultimately you know, it's, it's, it's the the safe passage of so few so few fans to get in and out of of a stadium safely. I think that right. would probably. I mean, be that, listen, I, I don't know, and, and I'm not saying anything against you know the, the incident that happened to Celtic Park early in, in the season, but I'd like to think in this day and age that, the, that, that you know whether it's 800 fans or 7,000, whatever it used to be in the Broomlawn Road, can can um, get in and out. But obviously Celtic will, will do. The study, but you know, I think you know if you're saying the safety of our fans, yeah, fine. But I think you need to elaborate more on that and be more specific. And unless they give specific detail as to what their concerns are, then it's hard to to pass comment on it. I think the other thing as well that you probably need to take into account: if you can only get eight hundred of your fans in, bear in mind that the, the loyal support supporter base. And I know this happened to Rangers early in the season. You're letting a lot of your main fans down because you can't give them tickets. And maybe that's a concern of Celtic as well. You know, by the time you take your your sponsors, your business club guys, and you know, all, all the other all the other fellas that, that go to games and and girls as well. Maybe there's a chain. I thought, if, you know, we can't let people down. So maybe as well just not having any as well. So maybe that comes into it too. But I can't comment on the safety issue unless Celtic are absolutely more specific. About what they feel Any threats or, or dangers maybe It's fairly simple Jim In the sense that Most people agree That safety's paramount You know it's, it's the number one thing And we saw the pictures From Celtic Park mm-hmm. Different stadium Different setup, Different ways in and out So you know I accept all that But the pictures weren't great And All parties Have to come together To make sure We don't see anything Like that again No I mean If there's one person That's injured Going to a football match um, It's one too many so, you know, we've got to make sure that that um, is, is, is the priority. But, uh, you know, again, I think a simpler, a simpler solution just to, to eliminate any of this would have been just to say, listen, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go without our fans going this, uh, this particular time. Mm. Uh, until such times, I think both clubs have a bit of dialogue and say, listen, you know, we're going to go back to five or seven thousand. It might happen, Jim, I don't think now. So, it might yeah. not, but that for me, if, you, if you're going to let 800 in, I would, me, me personally, I would just think it's, it's too difficult to say which of your fans get 800. You'll get people who go there every game, home and away, and have been doing so yeah. for decades. And they'll be entitled to a ticket every bit as much as Mark says, maybe some, some, somebody that's, uh, you know, uh, a benefactor of the club or a sponsor or anything like that. So very difficult Tough. to say. So for me, I would probably just say, look, in the interest of safety and common sense, we'll just... Not have anywhere fans going Scotty's tweeted in and he says Has anyone phoned in about the look on Brendan's face When a shareholder asked who and why uh, 
Signed Compere His look will be ingrained in my memory forever Face whiter than Casper the Ghost Now I wasn't there I didn't see the face um, But but Peter uh, Brendan Rodgers was put on the spot today Regarding that um, Mark so Weedy. what was the answer? He says that You know wait, he's, he's talked about He says me Blame me essentially I, right. You know I hold my hands right. up uh, But he says you know That he's struggled for fitness And the unpredictability of his fitness Has played a part If anyone is to blame Blame me uh, But he has been a great help to the younger players So um, I think As part of a bigger picture Peter Lowell admitting That the transfer window In the summer was A frustrating one Was, uh-huh. was the words he used yeah. um, And I suppose What that now If if you're looking at it From a, a Celtic perspective In January You're going Alright what, what do you do To make sure that January's not a frustrating one Yeah Well, well you, you're, you're absolutely right What you try and do Is as best you can Is imagine that January is your summer window and therefore don't allow the same frustrations to happen Don't allow um, players to only have a week or two weeks To come and work with their new teammates Ahead of a £25-30 million Champions League qualifier So as best you can Recruit in January And give them you know, five months to, to really bed in eight To help them try and win a title Or a treble Whatever Celtic happen to be going for At that time And also bigger picture If they win the league Then a Champions League qualifier So you know just a wee bit more forward planning mm. in all departments of the club would probably be helpful. I just, uh, I still get surprised when a fan would ask for about one player. Mm. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, you sign young team players at a club at Celtic and the majority of them are successful, you know, but if there's one guy that hasn't quite worked out for whatever reason, why did we sign this guy? You know, it didn't break the bank. I think it was a million pound or something like that. But you know, he said by all accounts, it may well help the other younger players or whatever. But you know, as I say, the just always seems to be the one. Let, let let's go there and complain about something. Um, the other thing that Celtics, you know, have done in recent weeks is have signed up their young players. Well, obviously, well, Mikey Christy Johnson got a new deal. Mikey Johnson got a, a new one yesterday. James Forrest got a new contract not that long ago. Christy, I think. Uh, yeah, I said yeah, Ryan yeah, Christie just last that. week. Yeah. So yeah. you know, so Sham, and Oliver yeah. Cham, uh, Olivia the Cham keeps saying Oliver, Olivia the Cham. Um, you know, four year. So they're, they're protecting their interest now um, because obviously they don't want another Dembele situation where you know the last the last day. But again, Dembele still got twenty million for a massive, force, and a massive issue, wage bill. Uh, a massive little bit. Wage bill. But that's but that's the other thing, you know. So you know, but Mark's saying in January they will look to strengthen. There's no there's no doubt about that. But more importantly, I would think is to have players ready yeah. to go in the summer, ready get get them, you know, in pre contracts if you have to get the deal yeah. organised with their agents and the clubs, so it's rubber stamped and no yeah. one can gazump you come come the end of the season. That is the beauty of these AGMs. I remember I've been to Celtics mm-hmm. and Rangers on working business and mm-hmm. I remember perhaps went in a bit naively, not really sure what, what to expect in the first one. And I remember a fan standing up demanding to know why Charlie Mulgrew took Celtics corners when he was six foot three. You know, and I just thought, <laughs> just not what I expected at all. So sometimes you never know. Do you, did you have to go, Jim, in your, your time? What's the, you ever been put on the spot like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if you got, you get managers like me, I haven't had AGMs, yeah, actually, but no, not, not to the same level of course Celtic Rangers you know I mean sometimes they had to have, have them in theatres and all these kind of things because they get thousands of people but uh, you know yeah you go and fans will always ask things and people will always ask things I mean they, they always the thing that always surprises me is that someone will ask about the toilets always I think they always say yeah but the toilet facilities are really poor or something like that it's and, important and yeah, it is important but I just always think in an AGM could you you know could it not be something that could be you know spoken about or dealt with at another time but uh, yeah I mean listen 
fans are passionate they want to know everything about their club understand that they want transparency but sometimes in business and these clubs are huge business we said Celtic brought 165 million into the economy it says yeah. uh, recently um, so these are huge mm. businesses and, and businesses can't divulge all of the aspects that goes on we're looking for nine players who've played in the top flight mm. in Scotland in the 90s the 2000s and the 2010s and have played for either Celtic or Rangers I can see a few guesses Coming in on Twitter John's confident That he's got Three that you don't have But I can tell you That he's only got One That you don't have <laughs> I'll I'll Rab Douglas Yes yeah. Great shout mm-hmm. Any more I'll take one more guess yeah. Mark could say Neil McCann didn't you Yeah, yeah that's not one Because I'll go, he, he came back my... And played again But it was in the championship yeah. Wasn't it with Dundee I'll go for what I don't think it's right But just one from left field Barry Smith No Right. All right, we're still looking for four answers to that question, and we'll get them next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy are having a go at Martin Burns's teaser. Full time at Clyde1.com. That's the address you need to send your questions in. Full time at Clyde One. We're looking for nine players who've played in the top flight in Scotland in the 90s, the 2000s and the 2010s And they've also played for Celtic or Rangers Guys like Rab Douglas, Lee McCulloch, Jackie McNamara, Kenny Miller and Davy Weir Martin Reid's on Twitter, he thinks he's spotted a couple more But my word, let's just leave it at the nine because <laughs> they two are uh, struggling Let's, I'll, I'll eliminate some of the other ones for you because this is where Martin's good He even shows you some of the wrong answers So he says Not Barry Ferguson Or Stephen Presley They all played their last top flight game in 2009 He's also ruled out the likes of Russell Latipi Because his debut came in 2000 Not sure if that helps you Well I already had, had Stephen Presley down But uh, that's been eliminated It's so two se- uh, if, Again if you care It's two Celtic Two Rangers you've got left okay. uh, All Scots? Yeah Yeah all Scots Yep um, three certainly played for Scotland The fourth one probably did as well But I'll look that one up But three of them Definitely did mm. I'm just looking that one up as well Oh yeah, loads of caps What I'm on about Plenty <laughs> caps for the last guy I won't even tell you who it is Because I was going to show me up Okay We'll keep right. thinking Okay These are a couple of minutes mm, You've got two mm-hmm. strikers mm. Two strikers a, a midfielder And a winger In there Right, okay. Gary okay. is in Shettleston. What's your point tonight, Gary? Right, Cam. Uh, point is, who's, who started this? Uh, like, we can't uh, support us not going to Ibrox, support us not going to Celtic Park. Where did this all come from? Can I have opinion on it, boys? That's what I'm asking. Well, I mean, Mark Guidi, in, su- in the summer, Rangers cut the allocation first, didn't they? And then Celtic followed, followed suit. suit. Yeah, yeah I think Rangers looked into it and decided that they could... Sell season tickets uh, Gordon for that part So it brought in Whatever it was An extra 3-4 million quid revenue Right away Guaranteed hard cash And that's why They made the decision And then Celtic Decided that they would Would do the same So it was instigated by Rangers A business decision And Celtic followed suit Right so This is the biggest game in Scotland We've got One of the biggest in the world Is We say So it is So Why would they why, why would they do such a thing? Why would they ruin the name of the Scottish game, the Celtic Rangers? 
Mm. I think this takes us back to when that when that decision was made at the time, Jim. F- for everyone who likes to watch that game, you know, as, as like a spectacle, as a television yeah. spectacle, as, as a neutral, yeah, I think most of those people were in agreement that yeah, that's a bit of a shame. Mm. But then you also understand any clubs want to look after their own interests first. Yeah, I always thought there had to be a percentage. You know, there was five percent or something like that, the the the. And know, the rules I think that, the SPFL, the SPFL yeah. rules. I thought there was a, a ruling that there had to be. A certain um, space, amount of space allocated to away fans. But obviously, maybe maybe that was maybe that's how the eight hundred come in. Maybe that's the bare minimum of. Uh, I mean, it's that corner, isn't it? It's that corner yeah. at Ibrox. And maybe that's maybe that's that's all that's required. Um, from Rangers' point of view, um, they are obviously looking after the interest of their own club. Every every club does that, you know. They look after their own interest. Um, but I, I agree with Gary in terms of a spectacle. No, it definitely takes away from it. There's no doubt about it. You know, the rivalry's been there. Um, you know, for 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 you know, well over a century, and, you know the the clubs, uh, you know the the both sets of fans together, provided they behave, create a phenomenal atmosphere, and and have done for the vast majority of the games over the over the course of that time, um, and and I think as when when we put our game out on TV, and it goes around the stadium, and you know that atmosphere, and I I, I can't think of any other. Countries, maybe it is. I'm sure somebody will go and tell us in South America or something like that. But certainly the big derbies around about the you know the, the UK, you know, I, I don't I don't know if this happens anywhere else. You know, may, you know, maybe someone can enlighten me, but I would think I would think it'd be unlikely. Hmm. Gary, Hi. It's just do you, do you know thing in retrospect. I know I'm putting you in the spot here, right? But they've they've ruined this game. They've they've ruined their top game around the world. So for atmosphere, so as TV, so as what Rangers have done just for a bit of cash. Not really. I, I, I don't think it's an ideal scenario because you know, as I said, the Celtic supporters are going to sample it um, next month. I know of many Rangers supporters who who missed out uh, that would normally get a ticket for Celtic Park um, early in the season when Rangers lost one 0 Have they ruined it? No, I don't think they've ruined it. Have they helped it? No, they've certainly not helped it. The decision by Rangers that kicked it all off, I don't think, was helpful. But I understand it was a business decision. And if you can bring in whatever the figure was, three million quid or whatever, then, then you know, I get that. Um, but it's unfortunate. I don't think it's going to be reversed now. I think that's the way uh, it's going to be for a, a long time to come. You think so? You don't think there's any, any going nah. back on that one? Nah, listen, if you're Rangers now... Gordon and you think that allows you to, and I don't know the figure I'm guessing but you can work yeah. it out I'm I think it's about some, million, someone's you know? tweeted in and again someone will correct this if it's wrong I just don't have that I don't have all the information to hand and says tell Mark Rangers sold 1400 more season books than last season that was listed in the accounts Okay. Correct that if it's wrong, feel free. I don't know. Okay, well that's fair enough. I mean I thought it was I thought you're running into millions, I mean if you're taking Well that was the number of tickets. So yeah, so if it's fourteen hundred at an average of four or five hundred quid a, a ticket, then work it out whatever that is, if that's the exact um figure. Look, it's it's unfortunate, but Gary's point is it's it's ruined the fixture. I think you only feel it's ruined if you lose the game. Now if Celtic fans don't get there on December twenty ninth, but their team still wins the game. No, listen, they wish they were there to witness it mm. in person But as long as you win the game I don't think you'll feel it's ruined But it's it's very unfortunate what's happened Thank you to Gary in Shettleston Mark's talking about in Argentina There are no away fans at the games Did you watch that? The the, the, the first leg of the final between Boca, yeah, Boca Juniors, Juniors and yeah. River Plate yeah. Quite fascinating what a place that looks well, like Well as I said in South America it's probably, <laughs> I did say that I, I knew there'd be some somewhere Somebody um, knows But in the UK 
generally speaking, you know, away fans are there. It does create that atmosphere, I think, and, and I think it's important, you know, if a team scores. So, for instance, you know, if, if Celtic score at Ibrox, where do the players celebrate? Because no matter where they go, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be in front of the away fans, sorry, the home fans. So, therefore, it's going to be difficult, you know, to pat each other on the mm-hmm. back and walk to the halfway line. So, yeah. it's, I just think it's creating a problem that we shouldn't have. Uh, Token Jester says that you'll actually find a split in opinion among both sets of fans Down the lines of who goes to away games and who doesn't There we go uh, Thanks to Gary and Shettleson I don't really think we've got time to squeeze another call in I've I got think. another one in the teaser I think Gordon Right okay Mark Burchell Yes Mark Burchell So let me remind you of the question We're on the home straight Nine players have played in the top flight in Scotland in the 90s, the 2000s and the 2010s They've also either played for Celtic or Rangers Mark Burchill, Rab Douglas, Lee McCullough, Jackie McNamara, Kenny Miller and Davy Weir Which means you've got what, three to go? Mm-hmm. I think You're struggling for inspiration? Yeah I'll, I'll, I'll throw so you've got Scott w- no. Wilson? No So you've got one Celtic, two Rangers that's you got one of the strikers. You're looking for a Rangers striker, a former Rangers winger, and a former Celtic midfielder. Two of them have gone into management since. Gary Colwell? Nope. You're looking at somebody kind of between uh, 37 and 47. That's what I'm saying. I like that. You've got the, the yeah, age all figured out. Nacho Novo? Nope. Cheers, no, no, no. winger, cheers, striker, and a Celtic striker. Celtic midfielder. Or Celtic. Yep. So the two that have gone into management are not managing at the moment. Oh no, they are. Sorry, tell a lie. One of them is managing in the championship. Paul, Paul Lambert. Nope. Is One. It Jim Goodwin. Nope. Right, Jim. Jim Duffy. This is your speciality. Quick through the championship managers. <laughs> Wait, quick. Uh, <laughs> right, well, it's not. It's not Ross County because he was joint managers. Uh, Robbie Nielsen. No. No, he didn't play for Celtic or Rangers. Let me think. Um, Jonathan Johansson. Nope. Someone's saying that is a correct answer, but all I know is not on Martin's Burns list, so I, I don't have time. Um, well, I'm just carrying on. Queen of the South. Gary Neesmith didn't play for. Well, him. he used to manage Queen of the South. Um, and he now manages Dunfermline. Alan Johnson. Yes. Ah, oh, be magic. Okay. Uh, the Celtic one played for Celtic. Played for Hearts. Most recently managed. Paul Hartley. Yes. And the last one, former Rangers striker, didn't go into management, went down the punditry route instead. Rangers striker. Former Rangers striker also played for Dundee United. Um, it's not Billy Dodds. Nope. No, that's a management. Mm. Went down south as well to Cardiff and Stevie Thompson. Stephen Thompson. Thompson. There we go. We got there in the end. Thank you like to Mark Greedy and Jim Duffy for joining me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Big thanks for all the calls and tweets. It was a busy night on the back of Scotland's success last night. We'll do it all again tomorrow from six o'clock in the company of your usual Thursday night duo, Mark Wilson and Gordon DL. But in the meantime, stay where you are because Callum Gallagher is up next.